0: And welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Sickian Hates Movies. My name's Sickian,
1: And Snowden Kelly. And not the WikiLeak one, like actually Snowden Kelly. Hi.
0: Snowden Kelly? Yeah. Is that what you're going for? That wasn't bad at all. Thank you. Yes, we're recording <sighs> this at night with a lot of snow.
1: Bum, bum, bum.
0: It's scary for huh? me. I'll tell you that. I was going to
1: say. Yeah, no. Ugh.
0: It's what's making me sick right now, so... I thought I'd gotten over everything and then you have 70 degree days and then it drops to negative five.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's New England. It's just, always just crazy, wacky kind of weather.
0: And that's why I despise it.
1: (laughs) And you've been here for... I don't even want to talk about it. Right. You get
0: stuck somewhere sometimes in life and there's no mobility. Quote of the day. (laughs) Yes. Sick Ian's depressing quote of the day. (laughs) Life isn't what you guys think it's going to be.
1: You'd be the best teacher ever. I'm just gonna depress the crap. First period, I'm just gonna depress the crap out of all of you.
0: I mean, I guess I would tell people that you know high school's terrible, but it gets worse. That's what I would tell. Yeah, them. pretty much. So mm-hmm. make sure you spend your time doing all the awesome things when you think that your whole life depends on that shit, even though it doesn't. It's really what's later on in life that you have to deal with, and it sucks way worse than high school ever could.
1: Right. Enjoy not paying bills. That's all I really have to oh, say. Yes, my. it sucks. You have to get up early and go to work or school.
0: No bills, uh, no taxes. Those were the good old days, right?
1: (laughs) Don't have to (laughs) pay for insurance. Yes, no, back in the day.
0: Yes, okay, that was a very depressing start to this episode.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know, what would be worse? Do you want to wake up and deal with snow or wake up being chained inside a bunker?
0: I'd rather wake up and fight aliens. Okay. It's something I've said for a long, long time. And I once again, I'm going to apologize. My voice is fucked up, so it might go wildly sporadic- From time to time, you know, it's just the way it is.
1: I know, I think it's a Phoebe from Friends kind of syndrome you got going on here.
0: I don't know. I don't think this sounds any sexier.
1: It's a little deeper.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That's what she said.
0: Hey-oh. So what I've said in the past is we either need a zombie apocalypse Mm. or an alien invasion to bring the world together. Yep. So we're just waiting for that to happen. And that is kind of what happens in this movie.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Towards the Um, end. We'll say the ending.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those... Spoiler alert. um,
0: Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know.
1: Yeah, this isn't like a normal wake-up chain to a thing, saw Black Snake Moan kind of a movie.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. no. It's definitely not. So yes, we are doing 10 Cloverfield Lane. It took us a while to do this one, but, you know, we had lots of other stuff we had to do. So we finally got around to it.
1: True. Plus, I mean, it's been kind of rapid shot with our movie going. Bilko kind of... Screwed us, though. We thought they were coming out last week, and it comes out this week.
0: Very true, and I found something a little interesting. The person who plays Emmett in 10 Cloverfield Lane is an actor called John Gallagher Jr., and I have never seen anything that he's in until this movie, though he's been in things before, but mm. he is actually in The Belko Experiment.
1: So it all ties together.
0: It all comes together, just like the Cloverfield Woo. movies.
1: Right it's you know eight degrees of kevin bacon they're all connected somehow
0: yeah that's one thing i definitely enjoyed more with this i don't know not so direct sequel
1: but i will not even call it a sequel because i kind of had a discussion with this with someone earlier okay it's one of those things where i think it's happening at the same time as cloverfield it's just you're getting a different point of view of it cloverfield's happening within the city this is happening simultaneously outside the city
0: the only reason why i would say that that would be probably incorrect mm. is because this is happening over a period of time where they even mention at the end of the movie that they are fighting back and that they're actually pushing certain whatever that they're fighting out of different areas and there are safe zones compared to unsafe zones where they're fighting New York City where the original Cloverfield took place that was way quicker and I don't think that they really, when they talk about fighting back, they're talking about they've already made some progress. In New York, there was no progress.
1: Well, no, no, and I, no, I understand that, but I want to say they both can start at the same time. You're just dealing with different sequences. New York is like if we spent the 24 hours versus 10 Cloverfield Lane is over possibly a couple weeks.
0: I can agree with that. So, should we start at the basics? I guess of this movie. Sure. So this movie came out in 2016. It stars. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, one of the loves of my life, as Michelle. John Goodman as Howard. And like I mentioned before, John Gallagher Jr. as Emmett. And really, that's about it.
1: That's the whole cast.
0: Pretty much. And it has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it Radar?
1: I don't think so. Because there wasn't any real cursing. And it wasn't graphic enough, as far as I'm concerned. Because they don't show anything.
0: So, yeah. You're right, Kelly. It is not rated R. It's rated PG-13, which was the original Cloverfield as well. Right. Because you don't really see too much graphic material in either film, I guess.
1: No, it's more... It's I actually kind of like this more when you see it happens to the side or it's just out of frame. I like that more. I think it can make it scarier because your mind can play with it more versus straight up graphic, whatever.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Okay, so it opens up with the movie where... Michelle is it looks like she's cleaning out an apartment she leaves an engagement ring she's kind of upset doesn't really get into it Um, she gets a voicemail from what you assume is her fiance about you know whatever it's just a fight this is what these things happen kind of a deal she gets in her car and she starts uh, driving away Um, it gets dark and then suddenly she's in a car accident
0: yeah she was kind of focused more on the phone so you think possibly that's partially her fault when it happens they also do a good job in this movie of lingering on certain items and foreshadowing what right. will be used later on. And one of those things is a bottle of whiskey or scotch.
1: So yes, or a bourbon. Yeah, it's it's a darker clearly it's not a rum. Like it's it's alcohol alcohol.
0: And it's probably something expensive, it seems as well.
1: Yeah, it probably could be a higher end. I mean it's one of those if it's if it's a vindictive mood, it might have been something he bought himself or an engagement present. And she's like, screw you. I don't even drink this, but I'm taking it with me kind of a deal.
0: And her fiance, you know, tries to ask her to come back. Makes a point of mentioning that she's running away. Yep. Which is a theme in this movie. There's a whole arc to this movie that I thought they did a very good job with. Because we're going to get to the ending of the movie, obviously. It'd be weird mm-hmm. if we cut off before the actual ending of the and movie. And then go see
1: it yourself, people.
0: Because it is almost two different movies from the time she gets into the bunker to out of the bunker. But the story arc needs that ending so that there's actual change in the character.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. I can agree with that. So she wakes up and she's in what looks like concrete cinder block cell almost. She's chained to the wall. She's laying on a cot. Her leg is in a brace. Clearly she she was actually in an accident. Mm Mm-hmm. And she has no idea where she is just out of is her phone and her clothing. Cause she's just stripped down to her underwear at this point because of whatever medical attention that was given to her. They didn't put her clothes back on her.
0: Well, she's not naked.
1: No, but no. I mean, she's not dressed either. She's like in a tank top and underwear.
0: Yeah. I would have obviously loved the movie even more if she was naked, but that didn't happen.
1: I don't see how that would add to the story, but okay.
0: I think it would have.
1: Well, I mean, it could have made Howard Howard more believable as being creepy
0: but Howard it seemed never wanted her for any sexual nefarious purpose. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah, it's a little saw-ish at the beginning, possibly.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, if you go into this not having any background on Cloverfield, you could see this easily going that direction.
0: And I would say for someone who is known to quote unquote run away and not face issues, which is what she talks about later on. Right. She fights back pretty much right away. Oh yeah. And yeah, is absolutely ra- you know, Ready for her quote unquote captor to come in the door and she files down a crutch and you know she uses it on John Goodman, who's Howard. and she really does try so that is something different. you know it's a strong woman character for sure.
1: Right. I think the problem is is yes, her fiance says that she's running away, but I think it's you know when to pick your battles and it's not so much I don't think you're worth fighting for, so that's why she left versus I- I'm obviously gonna fight for my life.
0: Well, she talks later on, as people know, and hopefully you've watched the movie before you're listening to this, because obviously when it's Ian Hates movies with Ian and Kelly, we talk about everything that's happening and spoiler alerts for everything because we're just going through the fucking movie. Pretty much. So when she talks to Emmett later on and they're kind of confessing things that they regret in their lives, she mentions in multiple points that she has been a victim of abuse. Yeah. So the question is, was she running away from her fiancé because he was also abusing her as well?
1: And that doesn't necessarily mean physical. That could be she he constantly cheats on her or something along those lines.
0: Oh, absolutely. She just did mention that her father was abusive physically. Right. And then tells a story about the other person, a little kid that she saw being abused, that she recognized all the issues but then ran away from it. Right.
1: Didn't confront So after having this little confrontation with uh, John Goodman, Howard, he starts talking to her and he explains to her that, you know, I brought you down here because I saved you. You don't understand what's happened. There's been some sort of an explosion. He doesn't really know what's going on, but they are in his fallout shelter in the back of his farm.
0: And like I mentioned before, there is another stowaway. His name's Emmett, and he is not supposed to be there.
1: No. Um, apparently when stuff started going down, Emmett knew about the bunker cause he helped build it and showed up and actually kind of fought Howard to get in there. And that's why you find out his arm is injured.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's completely broken, but it sure takes a long time to heal because it's most of the movie that he has. Oh, It's, it's on, on the right? sling the whole time pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So Howard did not want him in there. No. But here's my question to you though, Kelly. Why didn't he just kill Emmett right away?
1: my theory is emmett could have already been actually in the bunker Mm -hmm. and then when howard got there he tried to get him out and that's how he injured him and maybe it was one of those you kind of already you know i know you like i'm still kind of invested in you enough to where i care about you to the point where i won't right away get you out i'm guessing and also it's another person to talk to versus if you're in that thing all by yourself i mean he might have not necessarily planned to run into michelle
0: Yeah, and I guess that's questionable, too, and I'm sure that can be debated because he does admit to Michelle that he was the cause of her accident, and he mentions that he was just frantic to get home once everything started to happen because when she is driving, the news report on the radio says there are tons of blackouts in these major cities. She turns it off, and you don't hear any more about it. Right. So he's frantic to go home to his shelter, but maybe he notices that this is a girl that he wants, you know, to be a father figure to for however long they're going to be in this bunker. So he causes the accident on purpose because he does seem to be a pretty well kept together guy. He's pretty meticulous right. and he has a plan for everything. So how does a person who has a plan for everything when exactly what you were planning for happens? You're just like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm doing anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's just like that, but it's one of those all right, now I need to remember all my steps and I have to do this. Like, I think it's that where you get into that programming and any type of side distractions can kind of fall by the wayside, whether you're, even if that's driving, you're not really paying attention because you're going over your head to make sure you have all your steps corrected. Plus also you do find out that he does have military training as well.
0: Which is why I think that it's more bullshit that he made a mistake and caused an accident instead of doing it on purpose. All right. But that's just my theory. But yeah, he is not nice to Emmett throughout the entire movie. He doesn't like talking to him. He doesn't like playing games with him. And he treats Michelle like a little girl, basically.
1: Right. I mean, they're both probably at least 20 years younger than him anyway. So you, depending on a personality type, you, you're going to get that either way, though.
0: Very true. And Michelle does try to escape a couple, couple times. Of, yeah, a couple times. The first time was pretty well done. She steals the keys. You know, she hits him in the face with a bottle makes it all the way to the entrance and is about to leave when a woman shows up and has a bunch of lesions and scars and pus and all this stuff on her face and she's trying to get in. She can still talk, but she says something only slightly touched her and she's okay and she can come in and Howard's like, no, no, you can't let her in, don't let her in, and Michelle doesn't.
1: Right, because I mean it's terrifying.
0: And that's where she starts to trust a little bit that they are kind of in a safer place than if she was outside
1: right and there actually was something that happened because mind you when she initially looks at when she actually gets up and looks outside when she's shown outside it doesn't look like anything i mean he mentions because he's got two pigs that have died and they look like they have but they look like they're just de- decomposing not necessarily that something necessarily happened to them but that's him trying to initially convince howard trying to initially convince her that no something's there's something wrong with the air out there And I can kind of get where she would be. I don't know if I really believe you or not because, you know, they just look like two decaying pigs that you could have, you know, shot before you dragged me in here.
0: And that's really one of the big points, too, is why would you believe anything that he's saying or anything that Emmett's saying without seeing it for yourself?
1: Absolutely. Because everybody knows the conspiracy theory nuts where you're kind of like, "Mm, you could just be nuts and you could have just kidnapped me off the road.
0: Absolutely. And to me, I was looking at this movie like, okay, where's the twist? Where's the twist? Because this can't be just exactly what happened. I'm fully sure that there may be something going on outside because this is supposed to be an indirect sequel to Cloverfield or whatever you want to call it. So there probably is something outside, but maybe it's not as bad as what he's talking about. So for me, when Michelle makes it up there and it looks like she's about to escape, and then coincidentally... At the exact right time, a woman with a bunch of shit on her face who can still talk shows up to try and get in. It seemed very planned or staged to me.
1: Interesting. Okay. Mm. I,
0: yeah. I figured that Howard had some kind of a like set-up plan that he could call on someone to do something like that. Yeah, see. That didn't even cross my mind. It seemed very coincidental to me. It's the same as he has a daughter or used to have a daughter called Megan. And he mentions her from time to time because he gives her clothes from Megan and he talks about how Megan left to go to Chicago with her mother. Her mother turned her against him. It's always about him. Yeah. He's, he's never the, the person. In this. Yeah, he's never the person who's done anything wrong. He blames everyone for everything else. Mm-hmm. Even when he's a dick, he's like, But I saved you, I saved you. You know, very abusive relationship type of thing.
1: Right, I, I can justify all my actions because you're the one who's being bad here. But it's interesting because you keep finding little things about Megan. The fact that, you know, there's a common area that they can all gather in that kind of has a living room, VHS, DVD player of all the movies that he saved, fully stocked kitchen, pantry, and whatnot. But there's a pile of women's magazines and there's a couple of other little things that you come across. And he just looks like, oh, that's Megan's. Why would you have all these things? No, I guess I can understand why you'd have these things pre-stocked in your shelter, but he makes it seem like she left them there, like she had already been down there with him before.
0: Right. And when Michelle starts talking to Emmett about Megan, they find a picture that he had shown, and Emmett says, oh no, that's a girl named Brittany.
1: Who just disappeared.
0: And to me, once again, I'm thinking twist here. So at one point when everything's going well, Michelle has to go through the air ducts to go turn on the air purifier. Mm -hmm. And when she gets there, she realizes there's another room with another outlet, another hatch that she can get out of. And when she goes up and looks, because it's like a clear blue sky, and she notices that help is scrawled in the actual pane of the glass there. And it's from the inside, not from the outside. Like she might have thought, oh, it's that woman or someone else who sees it and is like, ah, I want to get in. No, it's not that. When she goes down, there's blood, not only on the window, but also on the ground, where there are earrings. So I believe right. it was scrawled in with the earrings.
1: No, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So then when Emmett shows her the picture, she's got the same earrings there. So what I'm thinking possibly is, well, wait a second, Emmett helped build this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So since no one could get in that way, maybe he was storing that girl there and he's really the mastermind behind this and howard's actually a good guy and emmett just wants everything that howard has
1: interesting twist i could see that okay but that's not exactly that is not even remotely how this goes it's a completely straightforward movie which is kind of fun
0: right that's why i texted kelly and i was like i think i have the ending it's it's all emmett you know he did this and this and this because it seemed like everything was more planned out than it actually ends up being right So it's all pretty interesting stuff. And when they do realize that the girl's name is Brittany and not Megan, they know based on Howard's personality and the way he interacts with both of them anyways, that this is not a good situation and he's a volatile person.
1: I mean, the first time you see him actually really freak out is he sets a rule where they're not allowed to touch each other. What are your thoughts on why he would set that rule? Because I have a couple theories.
0: For me, the whole dynamic between Howard and Michelle is father and daughter. I think, okay. whatever, I think whatever happened that drove the mother and daughter away to Chicago is why he kidnapped Brittany and made okay. her just like... Like the whole bunker thing probably wasn't just to outlive a nuclear blast or aliens or whatever. It was probably an area where he could have his life back or what he perceived to be his life, which is living with his daughter without anyone else being able to interfere with that
1: all right interesting
0: so i don't think there's anything sexual i think that was literally he doesn't want Emmett and michelle growing close and having sex because that's his daughter and he doesn't want that kind of thing happening in the bunker because that's not what his daughter would be doing
1: right well Emmett would be there to begin with so that wouldn't be an option anyway yeah exactly all right interesting
0: so what are your theories
1: well i mean there's a you can look at it at a practical standpoint too he's designed this thing for probably two people and there's three people that it's now supporting on top of food and you have two relatively young people in breeding age and you don't need that to go because he doesn't know how long they're going to be down there. So that's another thing you're going to have to deal with if she ends up pregnant. True. So look at it more on that line. Like, I, I don't think it's, it is a possessive relationship, but not in a sexual way. It's, it's a like you said, a father daughter way. Do you think that they're actually? he actually did have a daughter named Michelle and did go live with the mother? And then that's why he kidnapped Brittany and kept her down there, too, because he wants that relationship back?
0: Well, Emmett's not the smartest person, but he did live there his entire life. Mm. And he does mention that his wife and daughter did leave. You can assume that he saw that happen. And not that Howard just told him that, but it is possible okay. that Howard just told him. I'm guessing that because he lived in that area the whole time, he probably knew every single neighbor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Small town, you know everybody. Yeah. So that's what I'm guessing because it didn't seem like Howard moved into that area and then told that story. Right. So that's just a guess.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: But it is completely possible that he never had a daughter before and this is all some crazy fantasy yeah ptsd from being in the military or something who knows
1: all right so they realize that you know britney has been kidnapped by howard or was and who knows what has happened to her um so they decide that they are going to make an escape suit to combat the poisons that might be outside
0: because michelle in real life was like a fashion designer or yeah. wanted to be a wanted to be lawyer. so she was good at doing the stitches for Howard when she cracked him in the face with a bottle. And she can kind of go off of that and work on an anti-contamination suit. Right. With a gas mask and a filtration system. Yeah, think
1: Doc Brown, Back to the Future type of a deal. So um, they are found out by Howard that they are doing something. He doesn't really know what. And he shows them that he has this giant vat of...
0: Perchloric acid. Perchloric, right.
1: The, when I was I was watching this and my initial thought was, Oh my god, it's dip from Roger Rabbit. Oh geez. <laughs> so pretty much the stuff will just melt anything.
0: Yeah. Or especially dissolve. organics.
1: Yes. And he even says that. He even makes Howard makes a threat that it's breaking bad. I could, you know, melt the whole body in this thing.
0: Which he probably did.
1: Right. He, that's probably what happened to multiple Britney. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Unfortunately. Right. And it is a pretty tense scene. He knows that something's going on. He knows whichever one of them is doing it or both of them, he doesn't know, but he's not a person to be threatened and he's not a person to take any of that kind of stuff lying down. He's freaking both of them out and like a man, Emmett stands up and says, oh no, it wasn't her. She had nothing to do with this. I wanted your gun to show her that I can be respected the way that she respects you. Right. And he kind of is like, oh, I'm glad you're being honest with me, you know, and telling the truth. And he pulls out his gun and shoots him in the head. And obviously just that, right there, like there's no
1: <laughs> nothing like it's just, oh, OK. And then he shoots him
0: because he's been waiting for that moment where he could get yeah, the it.
1: justification.
0: Yeah, which is still weird. I don't know why he would justify it, but I guess he had to for some weird reason. And obviously that really freaks out Michelle and Michelle now knows she has to get out of there now.
1: Right, because clearly this guy has no qualms with killing anyone.
0: And he's still, like, blaming Emin at that time. Like, yes, it's, you know, it was him. He was going to do this to us, and now you're safe, and we're safe, and we can live out here for however long, and all that. I think he even doesn't, he go and shave? Yes. And becomes, like, more of that father figure. Like, the whole movie, he's just, like, almost, like, not himself.
1: Yeah, very grizzled.
0: Yeah, until... Emmett's gone. And then now his whole fantasy of playing out this father daughter thing can actually happen. Right. And that's when Michelle knows she has to escape. So she's working on the mask and the suit in her room where it's basically locked. Right. He comes in, she had hidden the mask in the air vent and one of the screws falls down. So he knows something is up. And Mm. then he sees the actual suit kind of peeking out under her mattress. Right. So he freaks out, she sidesteps him And locks him in the room So she leaves the suit and she leaves the mask there Mm -hmm. He comes after her Even though she thought she had locked it He probably has the key, I'm assuming To get out of the door She ends up dumping the perchloric acid The whole entire barrel on the ground Howard is so surprised by this move That he kind of falls to the floor Even before the acid gets to him Right. So that gets rid of like half of his body And she does some acrobatic moves to kind of get around it and to get back into the room, get the mask, get the suit. She puts it in a bag that's tied to her, and then she tries to make it through the ventilation system as Howard, who's basically a monster now, is stabbing through the ventilation system with a knife.
1: Trying to get at her.
0: And while this actually happens, the perchloric acid has eaten through a bunch of stuff, and it eats through a wire that is plugged in with a lamp and it causes a spark. So now the whole place is going up as well.
1: So time is of the essence, obviously Um, she gets to that extra room. She puts the suit on and um, she's able to climb out. Well, first she, she realizes that she can freeze the lock off by turning like some air duster upside down and breaking through it. So she can actually exit out of that hatch.
0: The reason why she knows this is, once again, something we pointed out at the beginning, is that they foreshadow and they linger on certain things that will become important later. And it's a trick that Howard had taught her before when he had made some homemade vodka, mm-hmm. that this is how you can make a cup colder right away right. As by doing this. So you knew it was going to come up, you just had to question when.
1: Right, how will this be utilized later? So let's see, she gets outside and she proceeds to try to get into his truck
0: Yeah, everything looks good. Right. Doesn't look like there's any problem whatsoever. She sees a bunch of birds flying in the sky. So she's like, what the fuck? I don't need this mask on. Right. So she takes the mask off. Now, unfortunately, the whole entire hatch or the whole entire whatever you want to call it blows up.
1: The bunker, yeah.
0: Yeah, completely blows up. And so, you know, I'm sure Howard's dead and all that kind of stuff. That stuff doesn't matter. But it makes a really, really loud noise. And you see what looks like a biomech spaceship. In the sky. And you're like, oh, shit. So maybe there is something going on. Right. So that thing comes closer to her. And then she tries to get into the car that's there. But then the alarm starts going off.
1: Now, does she stumble into the shack at that point to find the woman's body and try to turn the car alarm off?
0: As there's a very weird worm-like alien that is trying to get her.
1: No, it's just intrigued by the sound coming from the car. Yeah,
0: there's tons and tons of sounds now. There's the explosions, now the car alarm. So it's probably thinking, what the fuck's going on here?
1: Right. So if there was any chance of sneaking away from whatever this thing is, that's pretty much blown at this point.
0: But when she does finally get the keys and turn the alarm off, the worm does not pursue her in the shack. No. So then for some reason, she leaves the shack and starts running but was not paying attention to where the worm was. So she starts running towards a house that looks like there's a light on, but it's not a light. It's the shine of the spaceship behind the, the house. So then, right. that comes up, she makes it to the truck and then the worm thing runs away and the spaceship starts to push out this green gas.
1: Oh yeah, it looks like it's spraying for something.
0: So she quickly gets the mask on again, duct tapes it up, gets into the truck and as it goes past and the green gas kind of dissipates the worm creature comes back and starts trying to eat her or do whatever and it rips the mask off of her face so it doesn't seem like the green gas gets her at all but the mask is off now and she gets away from the worm creature because the alien spaceship biomech whatever has these tentacles and it picks the truck up
1: right so it starts sucking her towards it
0: and it seems to have like a mouth Like two mouths, maybe.
1: Right, like it's going to either eat her or like grind her up or whatever this thing is supposed to be.
0: And when she falls to the back window of the truck, she sees she's got a lighter and she's got that bottle of liquor.
1: Which Howard apparently grabbed out of her car.
0: She gets the idea, obviously, of, hey, let's make a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's smart thinking. you got to give her credit for thinking on her feet. What other
1: weapon are you going to find?
0: Yeah, so as she's... Slowly being pulled up into this mouth, she goes out of the window, she lights it, she waits for the second mouth or whatever to open, throws it in bam! Big explosion. Alien ship goes down. She gets dropped. She's okay, I guess. I don't yeah, know, apparently. Yeah, I think that would have probably done more things to her, but it's okay. She gets into the car and drives away, right? And as she's driving, she was leaving New Orleans, and there was a sign. So left to Houston or straight ahead towards where? Baton Rouge. Yeah. I think it was Baton Rouge. I think you're right. She's listening to the radio and she's hearing emergency signals. And the signals say, well, north to Baton Rouge is clear. Mm -hmm. We fought back or whatever. It's clear. But we're fighting in Houston. We have a resistance and we can actually use help, especially people with medical training Mm -hmm. come to Houston. So she drives up and she stops. And that's where she decides... To not go the easy route and run away, but go to Houston.
1: Fight the battle. And that's where it ends.
0: Now, you notice the big spaceship that was going towards towards Houston. Yeah. Yeah, so they obviously left it open for a sequel. What I heard is is that the next installment in the Cloverfield universe does not pick up there. Mm. It goes to a space station.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: So... I kind of like the way J.J. Abrams is doing this, where they're probably all connected in some way, but they're not direct sequels to each other.
1: It's not we're picking up here. It's not the continuation of...
0: Though I wouldn't mind a Resistance fight movie at some point.
1: Or, yeah, or that can be the tie-in where you're getting all these different characters that you've learned about in these different movies to come together.
0: Yeah, and any time to see Mary Elizabeth Winstead is good for me. There you go. There was some backlash about how different the two parts of the movie were but i think you need the alien part to complete her story
1: well yeah it also drives everything home and then it also shows you that she's decided that she wants to fight now
0: yeah there's an actual character arc right because if she just runs away like i believe if i'm not mistaken i think i read somewhere that the original script had her like kneecapping howard and howard still living in the bunker she just escapes and runs away And she Mm. goes to the nearest place or whatever and realizes that Howard was right. But then that doesn't really make the same impact because then it's like, oh, well, I guess she should have stayed with the psychopath. She would have been safer. Instead, now she's making her own destiny and she might be able to help people because it really was the best thing to get out of that situation.
1: All right. So if you're put in that situation, how would you have responded to this? Because I definitely would have approached this whole situation completely differently. Um, So I'm going to learn everything I can about this situation that I'm in via, like, obviously the air filtration system, know about all your supplies, blah, 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 blah. And then teaming up with Emmett, I would have just killed Howard and stayed there.
0: Yeah, probably would have been a little bit easier had they actually just gone through and killed him. But I don't think either of them really had it in them. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Emmett was just a nice guy. He wasn't anything special or anything, and she has a history of not standing up for herself. So really, it would have been harder, especially because John Goodman isn't huge John Goodman in this movie, but he's still a big guy.
1: But I mean, I'm just justifying what me personally put in that situation. That's what I would have done. And then that way, if I wanted to eventually venture out and figure out what is really going on, I still have a safe place to go back to, and I don't have to worry about this person anymore.
0: I'm still Captain America. I might be sick, no, I'm, but just I'm saying. still Captain America. Right.
1: It's not whittled down that particular part of you yet.
0: No, I probably would have done, unfortunately, exactly what Emmett did in that situation where I took the blame for Michelle and then I would have gotten that kind of... But I wouldn't have been as stupid as to not have weapons or to get my arm broken in the first place. True. So none of that stuff would have even occurred. But in general... I See, that's the whole thing. If you also were asking... What your choice would be, would you rather, let's just say, even if it was just me living in the bunker, would you rather live in the bunker or go fight in Houston?
1: But it's not necessarily a choice. It's one of those, I still know I have a safe place to come back to.
0: But do you really, though? Like, I don't know if that's the thing. I would rather not. You're not going to, from where she is, you wouldn't be putting up enough of a resistance to be able to travel back there and still make a difference. You'd have to. No, 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 no.
1: I'm just saying, initially, like, I I have a home base to where I can venture out and see what's really going on. And I can do my reconnaissance and see what these things are, be more in a stealth mode. Sure. And then from there, be able to move on to what needs to be done. But at least I know I can come back to this and I'm in my lockdown. I can go to sleep and not worry that something's going to come crawling through the walls.
0: I can understand that.
1: All right. So, what did you think? Do you agree with Rotten Tomatoes? Would you give it a 90?
0: Yeah. I thought everyone's acting was very good. I thought John Goodman was great. I thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead was great. Story-wise, I thought it was good as well. Because I don't like monster alien movies most of the time.
1: Right. Because I think they're predictable. Well, that and it's cheesy and they don't really give you. It's the same formula more than likely.
0: Yeah, and it's the little things about the movie too. Like, Do you remember when Emmett was telling Michelle, like, oh, you should hear Howard's weird, weird stories about space worms? And it's just a casual mention that everyone laughs at. And then it ends up being like a space worm that is chasing right. her when she's outside. You yeah, know, no, it's I like all that kind
1: of stuff. Yeah, the little, it, little things. Extras.
0: Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I definitely liked that. I don't know if I would ever need to watch it again. I don't know if this movie has complete rewatchability for me. Yeah, no, not necessarily. But in general, I think this is a very good movie.
1: I don't know if I'd put it in the nineties. Cause like I said, if you're in the nineties, I should want to watch you again. So I'd definitely put it in like high eighties. Okay. Um, but I have no really bad qualms about this. I'm going to be nitpicky. I think they should have given me more reasons to hate. They didn't give enough reasons for me to hate Howard to begin with. Like it was all kind of, yeah, there's a little bit about Brittany and the earrings and that, but nothing concrete enough for me to be like, You know? Like, she doesn't overhear him talking to himself, or she doesn't read in, like, his diary about, this won't happen again. You know? Like, there's not enough. It's just between her and Emmett, what they think might have happened to who who this person was. But that's nitpicking.
0: I think he has the classic signs of an abuser, and I think that's what makes him a bad person to begin with. He solidifies that he's a bad person when he kills Emmett.
1: Well, no, yeah, at that point. I'm just saying beforehand, you haven't given me concrete enough to... I mean, you can be weird. I mean, a lot of people who... You know, have built a full bunker and whatnot in their backyard it tends to be a little bit more conspiracy theory esque, but I can chalk it up to that. And yeah, being I, paranoid, which tends to go hand in hand with that too.
0: I think there are ways to speak logically about things and not be a dick the entire time. True. So that's. Yeah, but I mean, if,
1: if you're not as well educated, you don't necessarily come off well I'm trying to explain your point either, though. And if you're stressed out, then you're not going to come off
0: couth at all. He seems like he's well educated.
2: All right.
0: I don't know. He knows about air filtration systems and he knows about perchloric acid and he knows how to stock things correctly and how to clean things. And I don't know. I would say in general that he was a well-educated person, Okay. but that's just opinion.
1: Yeah. This is us being nitpicky. I <laughs> did enjoy the movie. Um, I don't know. Like I said, if I'd watch it again, but it works with the Cloverfield series.
0: The thing I don't know about is if this rumored, third movie that's coming out i think probably in october or something this year if that does take place in a space station or whatever they're talking about i'm really not a fan of those movies
1: yeah yeah, i mean you don't do aliens anyway
0: yeah they'd have to do something really special for me to like it but technically they've done two movies that i normally wouldn't care about that actually turned out okay okay so we will see on that one for sure so kelly would you recommend this movie to people
1: I mean, if you enjoyed the first one, I think it's a nice change because I was actually able to watch this one and not feel sick. I don't do shaky cam movies, so the first one was a little bit much for me. It, I had to pause it a couple times because it just induces motion sickness as far as I'm concerned, but still a good movie.
0: I agree for sure. All right, Kelly. I think that brings this episode to an end. So is there anything you would like to plug?
1: Sure. You can always find me on Instagram at Nerdy Girl Ivy and on Facebook at Nerdy Girl Ivy.
0: I would like to apologize to everyone once again for being sick. I don't have control over this. It's just the way it is. But as you know, we don't really miss shows. So it's just something you deal with. Make it work. Yeah, hopefully it goes away very, very soon. But you can go ahead and you can support maybe not sick Ian (laughs) hates movies.
1: (laughs) We need your support now more than ever.
0: (laughs) And you can follow the links in the description of this episode We do have a lot of things coming. I know we say that all the time, but it is true. These things just take time. So do us a favor. If you enjoy the show, go to iTunes and rate us five stars and leave a comment or review. It really does help the show out. I know there are a lot of people listening to this, so you can go and do that because it really does help us.
1: Please, 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 please.
0: And I'll leave it there because my voice is getting worse and worse. So Kelly, do you have any final words for everyone?
1: Happy snow day in March.
0: People might be able to actually hear all the plows and stuff going by every once in a while. Because <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much he's trying soundproof, that stuff still gets through when it's incredibly loud. So mm-hmm. I will leave you the way I always do long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.